Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome. You never know when Raymond's going to come through in the clutch. Welcome into footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. On this glorious Wednesday morning, and I say glorious for a lot of reasons. One, um, the Astros won last night. I would say it was about as close to perfection as possible. The the only thing I could have done without, besides the bad umpiring, which I I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that at some point. But was Jose, you know, the Astros were up 7-2 in the eighth inning. Jose Siri hits this. Jose Siri's a weird guy. Like, He's one of these young guys, got all this athletic ability. Like, he can really cover some ground in center field. And he has incredible raw power. Now, he doesn't have any idea how to hit. I don't know if he ever will. Who knows? But, you know, he was like one for 22 or something last night. And then he, I mean, he hit one at Arizona a really long way off of Madison Baumgartner. And then, of course, he watches it too long and he. Too much showmanship going around the bases. And, again, I don't worry about that. I don't really care about that other than the impact that it might have down the road. So he he he, sits, he hits this really long home run. It was like Albert Pujols-like in 2005 home run in game, what was that, five of the NLCS. Um it was it was really long, and he has incredible power, but he hardly ever does it. Obviously, that's why he's hitting like one eighty or whatever he's hitting. Um, and he stood there too long, and then was too slow around the bases, and he aggravated the Mets. So you don't want to do that. You, you, you just you want to leave that alone. So personally, per, a perfect perfection would have been. Not 7 nothing. I don't want to get that straight. You don't want to really throw sh- too many shutouts because then that makes the other team more due to, to score the next day. 7-2 to would have been about perfect. I could have done without the Jose series showmanship just because all you did was wake up the Mets rather than let them struggle. Don't give them something to escape their struggling mindset. And that's kind of what Jose Siri did. But Candy, being the great leader that he was, he tried to defuse it. He had a little conversation at the plate with Escobar. Um, and so hopefully that kind of uh, – hopefully he diffused that. But anyway, great victory. We talked a lot about it the last two days. The Astros began a nine-game stretch against the two teams from New York – New York City from New York City. Um and it began with a 
a victory over the Mets. They play again at one one ten today's first pitch, and you can hear that game right here on uh, the game one hundred three seven Lafayette one hundred four one Lake Charles. Also, it's a glorious Wednesday because it's our tenth anniversary birthday bash today, from four to nine at B Dubs on Ambassador Caffrey. It was funny. I was watching everyone. I watched, I don't know, one of three or four different channels when I get up in the morning while I'm getting ready to to come in. And one of them is uh, Boomer and Geo, which is out of New York City. And Boomer has been all over, and it's been this big controversy on their show. He's been really critical of Makai Becton, who was a former first-round offensive tackle for the Jets, because he's gotten like he's he's weighing like four hundred pounds. So, um, so Boomer's been real critical of him for not having the discipline to to come into camp, or come into the mini camps, and you know, in the offseason, in shape and ready to go. When you know, you always expect your players especially a guy they're counting on like a first-round pick left tackle to come in in shape, but especially when you're a building program and you're trying to, you know, establish the right culture and all that. So anyway, apparently, I don't know, who knows if it's true. Apparently someone got some information that leaked to the, the one of the producers of the show that yesterday Makai Becton uh, ordered out and – you know, a bunch of wings and all that from B and they said it from B dub. So I'm like, well, I guess up there in New York, they know it's B dubs too. When I was in Seattle, uh, we were, Michelle and I were just walking around downtown Seattle and I looked to the left and there it was B dub. So I took a picture and sent it to Hannah. I said, they even have B dubs in in Seattle and we're going to be at B dubs known by um, non-hip people like myself as Buffalo Wild Wings and Ambassador Caffrey today from 4 to 9. And again, uh, lots of great prizes, 50-inch TV donated by AVI, Astro tickets, car washes from um, from the wash by um, Service Chevrolet. My vehicle needs it, so I would I, I can't win a prize, but I, that would be one that I, would, I wouldn't mind winning. A, a gift card to... Uh, partner from Partners Limited, a round of golf from Cane Row Golf Course, $150 gift certificate from Mosley and Hollers Men Clothing, all kind of great prizes. Miguez and Mesh will be doing their show live starting at about 4 o'clock. So, again, 4 to 9 today at Buffalo Wild Wings and Ambassador Caffrey. Hope to see you there. Um, all right, so lots of good things going on. The... Um, you know, the Yankees have been doing a lot of winning. The Astros play a four-game series Thursday through Sunday at the new Yankee Stadium. And normally, I want the team that I'm about to play to win. So I think that's really what I want. But that, but they did not win yesterday. The Rays beat them. Um, the Rays hang hung on by the hair of their chinny chin chin. The Rays are not playing well right now. They got a lot of injuries. Uh, like Larry mentioned yesterday, they're not scoring runs, but they had Paredes hit three home runs yesterday and kind of bailed them out. They got a much needed win for the Rays. And, you know, 
naturally I would pull for the Rays against the Yankees, but I don't know if that's what's best for the Astros. Uh, I don't know that I want the Yankees to, although the Yankees are due to lose anyway because they've won, they got to 50 wins so fast. But uh, it might be the best thing for the Astros if the Yankees won today. We'll see how all that plays out. But um, the most important thing for my mental frame of mind is that the Astros got the win last night. So if they lose this afternoon, I won't be happy, but at least they will have at least gotten a split of this little, the first two games of this kind of unusual four-game deal that they got going with the Mets where they played two here and then two up and I was going to say Shea, but they don't, they hadn't played at Shea in a long time, wherever they play in New York. Um, So we'll see. Uh, Urquidy pitched fantastic last night. Like that is Jose Urquidy. That was perfect. It's funny how, it's funny how it, when, when you say things, you don't really want them to happen. But if they do, it's okay. It's like they're up 7 nothing. Pete Alonzo, who I don't like. I don't really know why I don't like. He seems like he's probably a pretty good guy. But something about Alonzo, I do not like that guy. He, he gets on my nerves. Some players just get on your nerves. Pete Alonzo really gets on my nerves. So I don't like the guy. But anyway, they couldn't get him out. But they're up 7 nothing in whatever inning it was, 6th or 7th inning. And he, he, kept, he kept falling behind, like he 2-0 to Alonzo. And he had already walked him on four pitches in second or third inning. And I'm like, you're up 7 nothing. There's nobody on base. Just throw it down. Challenge him. If he hits a home run 800 feet, who cares? He didn't hit 800 feet, but he hit it pretty far. <coughs> he hit it pretty far, home run. Uh, but no, it didn't matter. And uh, Escobar hit a solo homer over, off of Matan. But that's why I'd rather win eight to two than eight to nothing. So that I'm, I'm, I'd rather win seven to two than eight to two the way they did it. But anyway, you, everything life is not perfect. So no, great, great victory last night for the Astros. Great to see Arcidi do what he did. Great, that was great. And so um, we certainly take that running and. Uh, that's a good way to start. Remember, the goal yesterday was what? At five and four is the goal. If the Astros go five and four in this nine game stretch, I'll be happy. If they go four and five, won't be the end of the world. Anything less than that, I don't really want. I don't really want to go down that road. But one and oh is a good way. Only got now all they got to do is win go four and four in their next eight, and they will be five and four. And that I I think they'll be fine coming out of that. Uh, Bregman got two hits last night. And Yuli looks terrible. I mean, I'm hoping, look, he's a veteran. He's been doing He's been hitting the baseball for a long, long time. Won a batting title last year. Won a gold glove last year. Is You know, he's having a, his own personal medicine season. He made an error last night, a bad error for him. Again, you I don't know how old he is, what, 35 years old or something. He's getting up there. He's been playing for a long time. He signed a, a little extension, and he's coming off a season where he won a batting title and a gold glove. And so he's having a little bit of a medicine season. Hopefully he comes out of it. Um, And, you know, if, if the second half of the season he starts hitting and he hits in the playoffs, it's not going to matter. 
at all that he's not hitting right now. I get that, and I hope that's the case. But, man, he's at the point right now when he comes up with a runner on first and second or a runner on first, I'm like, just strike out. Just strike out. Because you're probably going to hit into a double play, which he did last night, and just give the guy behind you a chance. That's where we are right now with Yuli. And look, I love you, but man, is he struggling right now. If Yuli didn't know what a medicine season was before, he knows it now. It's unbelievable. But uh, hopefully he's a veteran. I, I'm, I'm, I still have confidence he'll come out of it, and, 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 and hopefully he does. All right. We will take a timeout. When we come back, we'll have our weekly conversation with Koki Riley. Uh, about LSU sports, and then we've got a lot left to do in the show. We'll pick up on our footnote summer projects some and also talk about some other things going on in the world of sports. Man, it's been a lot of death lately. I, I didn't hear about um, until coming in the, about this former Louisiana Tech player that died, and then we had that Houston Baptist guy. He had a, had a kid die from was playing basketball at LSU E last week. I mean, it's just been... A lot of bizarre deaths in the world of sports last week. That needs to stop for sure. Crazy. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back on the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Why doesn't Kevin Foote talk more basketball? Because it's in the best interest for his health not to discuss basketball. I had to give up basketball to save my life. I cannot take basketball. It's way too subjective. More footnotes coming up on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Again, Astros today, afternoon baseball, Mets, Astros, Minute Maid Park, 110 first pitch scheduled. You can hear all that action right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, and that will immediately be followed by Miguez and Mesh live from our 10th anniversary birthday party at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. So lots of fun scheduled for today. For right now, we are going to go to the phone lines and do our have our weekly conversation with Koki Riley of the USA Today Network. How are you, sir? Doing really well, Kevin. How was your vacation? It was fantastic. I have never been to Alaska. I had never been on a cruise. I really had zero idea what to expect. My daughters were all convinced that I was going to get seasick and ruin the entire vacation, and none of that happened. I had a great time, and I would go again next week if I could. Awesome, awesome. I've, I've never been to Alaska, too. I, I would have no idea what to expect from a place like that, so that sounds fun. It was, um, it was, it was, it was definitely lots of fun. All right, so 
Uh, seems like your Red Sox have been doing a lot of winning since we last spoke. Yeah, they just they keep on winning. They keep on plugging away. I mean, it helps when in a league where very few hitters are consistently hitting the ball. They have they have three two. They have three dudes who all have OPSs above, well above eight fifty. Um, that's a huge help. I mean, the pitching's been much much better uh, as of late even with some injuries to the starting rotation. And they've had some guys in the bullpen sort of step up, even guys who haven't really heard of that much, someone like a John Schreiber or um, pitchers like that. So, you read I mean, my mind. You, I was gonna, That was going to be my like, Who is this guy? I don't even know who that guy is. Where did he come from? Well, he kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, he's kind of been a journeyman reliever for years, but he's kind of got this um, like half-submarine delivery but can but can but can work the ball up to around ninety four ninety five with his fastball. So I don't know. He's he's a quirky little guy. But um, one of the things Heim Bloom is really like the one of the things he's been doing uh, since he's taken over the team. He, he Bloom likes to sort of make these dart likes to uh, kind of throw darts at dartboard when it comes to the bullpen. He doesn't really put too many eggs in one basket when it comes to one reliever or two relievers. Right. He like spending money on a guy like, say, Kenley Jansen. He, he likes instead sort of taking risks. And Shriver's been one of those risks, and he's paid off. Like, I mean, Garrett Whitlock's another perfect perfect example of this. He just sort of picks him up from the Rule 5 draft and um, sort of comes up, and all of a sudden, you know, that dart throw works. Not all of them work, for sure, but um, enough of them have to the point where the bullpen's been really good for them for the last a month or so. Well, I don't know how often you root for the Astros, but I know you'll be rooting for them this weekend when they play a four-game series against the Yankees. So <laughs> That's for sure. Yes. All righty. So I was joking earlier this week. What, I think a lot of people might have picked Arkansas, but you could have got some pretty good odds early, uh, I don't know, about a quarter of the way through the season about Auburn's, you know, doing what they're doing and A and M doing what they're doing, or at the beginning of the season, it's been uh, it's been interesting to watch those teams. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, I mean, Arkansas. I think Arkansas looked like the best team LSU had played all year um, when those two when those two teams played about halfway through the season. Uh, and Arkansas handled handled them pretty easily in a sweep. It seemed like. Um, and it, it just looked like that team was going to go into the tournament on an absolute tear. And they pre- then they struggled pretty mightily uh, heading down the stretch. I mean, I believe um, uh, I believe their RPI was in the ended up being in the 40s by the end of the season. Um, they they were going to make the tournament just because of of you know being a top two team in an SEC division, uh, the SEC West. I, that was going to be enough. Uh, regardless of any of the numerical stand, any of those um, uh, you know, numerical numerical based standings, um, so I. But yeah, then again, they struggled, and, and you know that seemed like all of a sudden after the SEC tournament, after they out of that tournament pretty quickly, they've just been in, on an absolute tear ever since. Their offense has been incredible. I mean, look at a guy like Peyton Stovall last night. This guy was hitting eighth for a lot of the season. Hits. Moves up to the number two hole last night and goes five for six with a double and three RBI. Like, and Chris Lanzilli hits the hits the hits a four hundred and thirteen foot home run last night. I mean, tied for Tim Elko for the longest home run 
in the College World Series. So they're a really interesting team. And um, I, I know Auburn's season ended last night, but uh, I mean, nobody expected them to be this good. Yes, this season. yes. So and, and no one thought this from A and M either. And I know they were getting a pretty. Uh, you know, a pretty established head coach when, when he went over there from TCU. But still, I mean, I don't know. No one could have thought this for A&M at the beginning of the Absolutely. year. I mean, no one. Uh, the guy, Demer pitched great yesterday. The Cages had pretty good success against him when they played it. Uh, but he, he pitched great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and Detmer really struggled in his first start um, in the College World Series. He got uh, hit around pretty good by Oklahoma. Um, but I, I, but it's it's just strange how these things work out sometimes. I mean, Will McIntyre, the Arkansas star last night, that was his fourth ever start against Power Five competition in the College World Series, and he went out there and had nine strikeouts and in seven innings pitched in 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 the call in a elimination game in the College World Series. That's unbelievable, right? Like you can't predict this this stuff most of the, a lot of the time, especially when it comes to college baseball. So that's kind of what that's what makes the sport so awesome, and also that's also what makes it so unpredictable. I guess the one thing you can predict though is how good the SEC is, because again, this is another year we're going to have an SEC team in the College World Series final. We may have an All SEC College World Series final again. So um, it's just really. It's really something, especially with the SEC West, about how, just how not only competitive they are, but how dominant they are compared to the rest of the conferences in college baseball. And it's funny because we spent a lot of the years saying, man, I just, outside of Tennessee, I just, and maybe Arkansas early on, and like, I don't really know how good all these teams are, but it turns out they are pretty good. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's safe to say that we were all wrong. I mean, there's enough of a sample size at this point to say that all these teams were good. And and I think the thing that was kind of blurring blurring our, our vision a little bit is because it was just kind of even, and there were enough upsets to think that, oh, there aren't a lot of dominant teams here. Anyone could be anyone. Maybe that's just because, like, the bottom of the, uh, of, of the SEC this year, the Kentuckys, Right, for example, the South Carolinas even like they were better than they are in most most years, and because of that, um, it, it kind of instead of you know lowering down the top, it kind of lifted up the top instead. Or are the old misses instead or, of are the old misses like they were at the bottom most of the year? It seemed like of the division. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. here they are. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it, it's crazy. All right, I understand for a lot of people, the minute LSU baseball's team team gets eliminated, the the next sport that follows is um, recruiting for the for the following year's uh, signing day. So, so far, how would you assess that assess that for LSU? Um, you're speaking about LSU football. Or football, LSU right, right, football. Football. Okay, just wanted to be super yeah. clear. Um, yeah, I mean, it's this is there haven't been there hasn't been a whole ton of um, concrete activity in terms of um, uh, commitments or, or or anything like that. Um, but it's been a really important last month or two for I mean for LSU just because you're getting these kids on campus for these camps or getting them in for visits. Um, and it's just a very critical time in terms of building those relationships, which is what the staff didn't have the time to do last year, and yet they still were able to bring in a decent amount of 
commitments and, and signees. So uh, I, I just I, I look at this time as very critical for them. I, they added Maurice Williams. Uh, that was a that was a very that was a very good pickup. They finally added the twenty twenty four class. Um, they've been just killing it with the safeties. That, that's their that's the third different safety that's committed to this group. Um, uh, and it looks like Kerry Cook has just done a really good job of. Uh, bringing those guys in, and, and they're in the hunt for more safeties as well. I mean, Kylan Jackson and um, Derek Williams could certainly come 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 on board, uh, uh, and they're both in-state safeties. So, I mean, some guys to watch out for. I mean, Chase Besantis, it seems like they're going after him pretty hard. He's a four-star. He's the number six offensive tackle in the nation. I mean, Zalant Hurd, the number nine offensive tackle in the nation. Uh, he's a Louisiana kid, uh, went to Neville, same school as Will Campbell, so... Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Brad Davis and Brian Kelly are, are the only ones who are recruiting him. I, I, I bet you Will Campbell would love to play with him again, for example. So I, I mean, they, there's there's a whole bunch of names, there's tons and tons of names that they are definitely in contention for, and it's going to be interesting to see how many of those guys they land. I mean, I don't know that anybody really knows the answer to this question, but what is your sense as far as how? You know, when you talk about Les Miles and then Coach O and then Coach Kelly, I mean, you're talking about three very different personalities and uh, impressions and ways of doing things and ways of handling themselves and histories and all. Like, what what is your sense on how Coach Kelly and his staffs are being received on the recruiting trail so far? Um, it's hard to answer that question fully, um, and be super confident in it since again, it's early days and sort of like you said, I mean, everyone kind of has their different impression, but, um, from the few, from, from, some of the interviews I've seen from heck, some of the interviews I've done, it, it seems like, uh, they're very impressed by just the impression he leaves off in terms of just how, um, just how I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to find the right words for this. Just kind of how honest he is, and there's no fake facade. There's no like rah rah affront, right? To sort of uh, like lure you into something that maybe isn't um, 100% the truth. He tells you the truth. He tells it like it is, Brian Kelly. Like that's that's kind of the impression you get um, from what what coaches tell you what he's like, and I mean, even when you interview the guy, it, there's not a lot of BS answers coming out of Brian Kelly. What he what he says is what it is, um, and you can certainly feel that. So I, I I just feel like that sort of truthfulness and that earnestness is 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 exactly uh, what's sort of attracting and and, that, and obviously that level of organization that he's been known for for years. And I think anyone can tell that from the outside. Um, I, I think all of that definitely comes through in his recruiting. Now, in other words, he's not a used car salesman, or he doesn't give you the no. sense that he's a used car salesman. And yet no, he not. is in Louisiana. He's not in the Midwest anymore. And I know he had that little dance video earlier. I mean, I guess his assistant coaches, I mean, I guess you still got to relate to people because the culture in Louisiana, you know, obviously North Louisiana, like when you recruit Holly, is very different than recruiting someone in New Orleans or down on the mm. bayou or some, but I mean, I guess they're going to have to learn to kind of have a little bit of that part of it as well. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of that, um, a, a lot of that sort of like that personality meshing that you're talking about, you know, that relating to the kids sort of stuff is a lot of that goes down to um, their recurring specialists, guys like Sherman Wilson, guys like Jordan Arsament, um, and the positional coaches, you know, younger guys like Cortez Hankton and um, uh, Robert Steeples. So I, I, I think that's. I think those guys sort of build the one-on-one relationship, and Kelly's the one who's able. And then, and then Kelly, and that sort of sets up Kelly, who's able to uh, sort of, I, I, I guess, show them what the overall plan is, how we're going to, you know, be a successful football team, how we're going to get you to the NFL sort of spiel. Um, does that sort of make sense? Like no, a one, no, no, absolutely. Sort of it, which it, yeah, I mean, that's, that's normal. That, for when yeah. he first came in, that that's. If I had told you that would have been the plan, I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Right. That, 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 that's pretty typical. All right. So what position, as you hear about commitments and visits and all that in the coming months, what position you think is the most important for them to address? I mean, it's I, – I, I think I just have to go with the quarterback position just because of how, how many good players there are under that position for this year's class. And and the and not just that, but the fact that some a lot of these guys are in Louisiana, and since that it's quarterback's just the most important position, regardless of how, regardless if you have a Walker Howard and a Garrett Nussmeyer and younger guys like that on your roster already. Um, I, I I just think if they miss out on Dante Moore, if they miss out on Jane Rashada, if they miss out on Arch Manning, which is probably going to happen, but anyway, um, and they miss out on all those guys then they could be in a, in, a, in a sort of a strange spot when it comes to the quarterback position, uh, despite the fact that they had multiple quarter, top 10, top, top 12 quarterbacks in, their, in, in this class from Louisiana. So I, I think quarterbacks are really interesting position to keep an eye out for because I think they have their bases covered at almost every other spot. I haven't seen a lot of interest from uh, linebackers, interestingly enough. Um, and it's a pretty weak year for running backs, but they already have a running back commit, so they've kind of um, filled their bases there after missing out last year. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see like what, what what goes on at quarterback because again, there's so much talent there. It's one of the deep, it's a it, it's it's a much it's a much more top. It, it's not just a top heavy, but it's also deeper than last year's quarterback class and. Um, I'm interested to see which of the which of the guys that are able. If, which if from Louisiana? So. That's re- like if I went back over the last 20 years, and I haven't done the research, but my my pretty confident guess was would be over the last 20 or 30 years, there have been fewer top notch quarterbacks come out of this state than any other position. And so it's yeah. kind of been a drought position with a few. Obviously, there's a few exceptions like the Peyton Mannings, but but but. There just hadn't been a whole lot over the last two or three decades compared to other positions, and uh, so it's kind of interesting the way that's changing a little bit. Absolutely, I mean it's it's just really strange to go from almost nobody, basically nobody, <laughs> of, of of real note from that position since like in Eli Manning, for example, right? Um, from to go from that to then Walker Howard, high four star, low five star recruit. And then, then, then Arch Banning, Eli Holstein, and Ricky Collins—all four-star recruits, all players that 
a, a power five school would be very happy to have as their quarterback of the future. Um, so, yeah, I it's, mean, it's, it's weird. How really, works. really interesting to see if they can land any of those guys. I mean, Collins has kind of become like the, like the strange constellation prize, despite the fact that he's already committed to a school. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to get Arch. I'd be pretty stunned if they got Arch, to be honest. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, Rashada's still available. He's a, he's a borderline five-star quarterback and he's in their, he's, uh, on their long, he's on the long list of teams. He commits on June 26th, I believe. Um, and Dante Moore, he's a five-star quarterback and number 12 player in the country. Um, and they're definitely in the hunt for him, uh, along with Notre Dame, along with A&M and a few others. So, um, we'll be interested to see. All righty, sir. Well, I appreciate your time as always. Thank you very much, and uh, you have a nice day. Thank you so much, Kevin. All right, you take too. care. Koki Riley of the USA Today Network. You know what's going to be interesting is when when he does go head-to-head with Notre Dame on a player. I mean, I think probably he's professional enough to not even talk about Notre Dame, but be interesting to see how. I mean, we'll never know, but I'm just saying it would be interesting to hear how he he ha- he would handle that situation when that does crop up here and there, and I'm sure it will, and like it already has, like Koki was just saying. All right, we'll take a timeout, come back, and get into a few other things going on in the world of sports. Next on the game, footnotes on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. June 22nd, 1981, John McEnroe utters his famous You Cannot Be Serious rant during a first-round win over Tom Gullickson at Wimbledon. McEnroe would go on to win the title, beating rival Bjorn Borg in four sets. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, if you have not joined the game clubhouse yet, what are you waiting for? Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. It's free. It's simple. And you could win. Such prizes as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen all at at Cypress Bayou. Again, all you have to do is go to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. Join the clubhouse. Put yourself in position to win those one or more of those great prizes. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. It is day three of week three of our Footnote Summer Project, heartbreaking losses in Major League Baseball. And so we'll be talking about that quite a bit in the next hour because we made a little progress, but we haven't made a lot of progress. And so... Uh, we'll do some of that in, in the next hour. But there are other things that are going on in the world of sports that we haven't talked a great deal about 
this week or even before that. And um, it's not like golf is not a sport we talk a lot about, but the I do think it's a fascinating issue how different people are reacting to the whole golf controversy, the schism or the uh, whatever you want to call it with this um, new golf outfit that's throwing out a lot of money to try to get people to basically make a lot of money playing exhibition golf. Um as opposed to the loyalty of sticking to the history of the sport and the PGA. And, you know, some people probably, I try to think about how I view these things. For instance, and again, it it's not as clear cut probably for some as it is for others. We understand that. That's like that on a lot of issues. For instance, I'm one that typically says I separate politics from sports. I can believe I can have strong convictions about certain things um, that are even more important than some of the things, the lines that I draw. For instance, I I have, you know, I, I've hated the 49ers, the cheaters, as I call them, for decades. I will not, I will not wear a red shirt with khaki pants. That will not happen, ever. Like, if I have um, khaki shorts on, I will not wear a red shirt. Like, I have a friend that gets on me, goes, you never wear red. I said, well, if it's the summer and I've got khaki shirts, shorts on, I will not wear red on top of it. Because that's, that's cheat. Well, the cheater colors are basically red and puke brown. That's what I call it. But technically, and again, that's a silly little thing that means nothing. And yet, I won't do that. But, um, you know, whether it was the kneeling thing or I, 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 I tend to separate. I have very specific political and moral and strong views. But I tend to separate politics with sports. But for some people, obviously the ones who are going play in this other golf league, um, you know, they're saying that the politics of it does not allow them to do it. Or is just their loyalty to the history and tradition of the PGA Tour. So I I guess I... And then other people who are like, man, these people are offering me all this money to just show up. I think I would stick with the PGA. Is if, But again, none of us really know what we would do unless they were throwing all this money at us. But, it, but I do think it's pretty fascinating that to, to see the difference of opinion and how people are handling it, how different golfers are handling it. Obviously, there are a lot of golfers. I don't know if I should say a lot, but obviously there are some golfers, maybe a lot, that that have some grudges or some issues with the PGA Tour, aren't real happy. 
Now, like when Sergio was pitching his little fit a few months ago about the PGA Tour, I think this has becomes kind of like a um, – I don't know I I, I I I probably have too big of an umbrella for senioritis, but kind of like you're about to go on vacation, and every little thing about your that happens at work kind of gets on your nerves just because you're ready to go on vacation. And so when you have this other option that comes up where you can make all this money, then it's it's even easier to be extra critical of the PGA Tour and get frustrated about all these little things because you kind of get frustrated with them anyway, and now you have this other option that you can just – Oh, I don't even need you anymore kind of thing. So it, it's I don't know what's going to come of that. I don't even know how these two can coexist. So I haven't really made any comments about that because I just don't have a strong opinion. But it, it, it's been interesting from afar to kind of view how different people have viewed that. And I it can't be healthy for the sport because I don't see how they can coexist for very long. Uh, but but maybe I'm, I haven't played all of this out fully. The other thing that's going on in the world of sports that we haven't talked a great deal about, we talked some, um, and again, all along in this whole Deshaun Watson saga, I I just, I, I always thought, you know, there's some people like he's never going to play again. I, I, I'm worried he's going to play this season. Like to me, what they sh- what they need to do, and I don't even think it can happen. And I said this weeks ago: is they need to fi- they need to let him play this season, and which doesn't work for the Saints because the Saints don't play him next year; they play him this year. But they need to just suspend him for year two. But then they, but I don't think there's a way of saying, okay, we're going to suspend you for year two, and you can't change his contract. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think they can. I don't think they can do that. But it's um after what happened yesterday i like i've like i've kind of thought all along i i don't think they're going to be able to is he's going to get suspended as harshly as a lot of people think he was going to get suspended i don't think so all right i just wanted to touch on those two issues we'll take a time out come back and shift gears for the rest of the show but we'll take that time out and come back on the game Kevin Foote, an award-winning journalist, popular sports talk show host, and a man who apparently moonlights as a doctor. A medicine season of a different strand in 12, obviously, because the criminal commissioner decided to inflict them with with the, the whole bounty gate silliness. His descriptions of illnesses are extremely concise. Not a normal strand of a medicine season. It was a different strand. This out of the blue from Timbuktu and all of this bounty gate silliness. Dr. Foot is ready to write a prescription for what ails your favorite team here with more footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Footnotes. We went a little too long on the last segment. All right. So in the next hour, we're going to get back on our Footnotes Summer Project. I've gotten quite a few suggestions, um, emails and, and and such. I mean, texts and such. Um, 
since yesterday's show. So we're going to review a, review what, what has been nominated so far and discuss a few more that have been sent to me since yesterday's show. And we'll do that after this timeout. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the Gay 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. 706-0111. You can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Again, reminder, today at 110, Astros, Mets, Minute Maid Park, matinee as they call it. And you can hear that game live right here at 103, the game 1037 Lafayette 1041 Lake Charles. Immediately following that, we'll bring you out to our 10th birthday party at Buffalo Wild Wings on Ambassador Caffrey. From 4 to 9, we're going to have our 10th birthday party with all kind of great gifts like Astro tickets, things from station swag, as they call it, more that hip talk that I don't, I'm not real in on. 50-inch TV from AVI, car washes from The Wash, donated by Service Chevrolet, gift certificate to Partners Limited, just a few of these great prizes you could win if you go and take part in uh, today's birthday party at Buffalo Wild Wings, 10th tenth birthday of the station, a round of golf, Cane Row Golf Course, $150 gift certificate from Mosley and Hollers Men's Clothing, all that great stuff. Crunch time will be done live with Miguel and Mesh. Again, all of it at Buffalo Wild Wings from 4 to 9 today on Ambassador Caffrey. Do you remember your 10th birthday? I do. It was my golden birthday. Your golden birthday. What does that mean? So that means like my birthday is November 10th. So the year you turn the age your birth date is, is your golden birthday. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Mine, I didn't know I was two. (laughs) (laughs) True. I think so. You have birthdays on like the first day of a month. It's like, oh, great. You had your golden birthday your first year. Great. (laughs) Yeah. You don't remember any of it? We did like a whole like movies theme. So, well, I turned 10 on the bicentennial year, 1976. And, you know, I, when, you, when you're little, you, you, you have whatever the stylish little shoe is. We used to have, I don't even know what they were called. They were so thin now, they would, I would never want to wear them. But we used to wear these little, if you're my age, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what it's called. It was like these little black and white, they had really thin bottoms to them. And in your mind, they made you run faster. But they really didn't because I had no athletic ability to begin with. <laughs> but, but you got these little um, black and white, Really thin kind of tennis shoes, and 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 when when I turned ten, they had red, white, and blue ones because it was the bicentennial year. So I had to get the little red, white, and blue skinny tennis shoes to wear. Rocky came out in seventy six, if I remember. You don't remember Rocky? 
You seen I the mean, movie Rocky? I have seen so I've seen parts of it. We have the entire set at my house, and like Kenneth has watched it whenever I was like on vacation or something. He watched the whole thing while it was gone. But I never could sit down and actually watch the entire thing like through and through. I've tried to, then I start doing like I start cleaning or start doing something, so then I like I'm not paying attention. So might have to look up like what was the song of the year or the top two or three songs of the year when I was ten years old. Maybe like silly love songs. My mom might know. That's the year she was born. Was she was born in 76? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I already knew I was old, but <laughs> I was 10 when your mom was born. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. She, wow. She's, she's, a, she's only a year, I think, uh, older than Ray is, actually. A year and some change because so Ray's she's old September. Too. See, that's why yeah. I'm not hip on this B-dub stuff. Yeah, because yeah. Ray is... Ex- he's. Two, he's 20 years and like a couple months older than I am. Okay. They were not Chuck Taylors. Chuck Taylors Converse. I, I, I don't know how do we, I'd have to look it up. I don't know what they're called, unfortunately, the little tennis shoes that I'm talking about. If you're my age, you remember them. They were just these little skinny, flimsy tennis shoes. And, and they were black and white, except for that in 76 when I was 10, they had red, white, and blue versions of them. So I had some red, white, and blue ones. I, Jocks? He he calls them here PF flyers. That might be what they are. I don't know. I have to I have to look it up. I don't know if they they were definitely not Chuck Taylors. Chuck Taylor was Converse. Now Chuck Taylors are cool, and Chuck Taylors are still fashionable. I see them. People have you know pink ones and green ones all over the place. Chuck Taylors. Back when I was little, they just had white ones, maybe maybe black ones. I'm not sure, but they didn't have all the colors they have now. Chuck Taylors are still popular, but I, I don't know what this thing was always called, but. I don't know. When I think of 1776, I think of that. I wonder if um I wonder did Philadelphia Freedom come out that year or was that maybe the year before? Maybe that was 75. Uh, somewhere around there. Are these them right here? Uh well th- those are a little more color, but yeah, that looks that looks about like I that. don't remember having the red and blue. Mine were either black and white or all red, white and blue, but yeah, I think that's probably it. More of like a track kind of shoe. Not not a lot of not a lot of bulkiness to that to, to that little shoe. I will look them. I will That's make funny. sure I find it out for you. Oh, all right. <laughs> so if you if you have any memories of that and you and you want to get a laugh, certainly feel free to talk about that. Before we do that, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. One zero three seven. And 104.1. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> All right. Good job. I had this, I, uh, morning, Foot. I know you're happy this morning because your Astros won, you know. Now, I'm hoping and praying that y'all can get a win this afternoon. That way, when I meet you this afternoon, you're not in a bad mood, man. Well, that's true. But at least I got a split. So I won't be in a really, really, really bad mood. I might just be in a sort of, uh, you know, melancholy mood. Well, that's right, and you always say you don't want to sweep. So, I mean, y'all can get one loss, right? Yeah, I mean, again, I won't I won't be – depends on, like, if we blow a game because, you know, if we have a two-run lead in, in the ninth inning and, and some guy makes some silly error that go – I mean, I'm, I'm probably you – know, how it happens might affect my mood. But overall, in the big picture of things, I got a win yesterday. So if I split this little two-game thing, it's not the end of the world. I agree. Yes, sir. Now, um, I wanted to talk. You don't you you don't like the 49ers because they cheat, right? Right. 
Okay, so Paul wanted me to call you. And, and, and another thing I wanted to touch on, I'm trying to get, I'm trying all my might to get Paul to listen to you because uh, you're the, you the baseball guru. You, you know a lot more about the game of baseball than he does. But, I mean, you know he's hard-headed, you know. I mean, I'm trying, you know. Yeah. But back to my point. Uh, back to my point. So, yeah, the 49ers cheated, but your Saints, they got one Super Bowl title, but it's tainted. So, and, no. and Paul wanted me to call you about that and talk to you about well, that. Well, so, Paul, uh, the, the whole bo- Bounty Gate, first of all, Bounty, that that whole thing was just totally silly. Bounty, look, what the Astros did is cheating. Now, you know, a whole bunch of people were doing it. You don't really gain an advantage. The Astros didn't gain much of an advantage for what they did. They just, they, a bunch of people were stupid, and they just picked this extra stupid way of doing what a, what a bunch of teams were doing, and they got caught for it. But it technically is cheating. What the Saints did is not even cheating. So that's not even in the same category of what the Astros did. That's just silliness. What? Well, well, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a say it like this. I'm a, like I told Paul, I'm going to say it like that. I'm going to give it about two or three years. Sean Payton is going to come home to my Dallas Cowboys, oh. and he's going to get him a Super Bowl title fair, fair and square. That's not going to happen. Maybe two of them. I'm hoping. Uh, uh, maybe two of them. That's not going to happen. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, man, uh, hopefully you're in a good mood this afternoon. When I got, I've been looking forward to meeting you for a long time, man. I look forward to meeting the whole crew at uh, 103.7 The Game this afternoon. And I always appreciate you taking my, my call. And uh, hopefully your Astros can get a win win today, my man. All right. I hope so. Thank you for the call. Yes, sir. Have a good one, buddy. And happy birthday. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Well, y'all all over the place this morning. Call, cat. <laughs> <laughs> man, y'all all over. Man, that man talking about them cactus again. You're back on that again, I tell Yeah, you, um. Kevin, back on the cactus. Oh, there's no, no way I can wear that. Go, Please don't have. You wear cactus, you're not going to wear a red shirt. No, a red, never. nice polo shirt your wife buy for you. Never. It's like never. Oh, you, you well, work for Target. If you go in Target and you're wearing a red shirt, a red polo shirt, some khakis, they're like, hey. So uh, where is this on aisle seven? <laughs> R- R- Russ does it all the time for school. I'm like, Russ, why are you wearing more 49er junk today? Like, <laughs> you know, he wears these khaki pants with the red shirt. Like, I'm okay with the khaki. You can wear, if you wear red, I got no problem with red shirts, but you got to wear black shorts or blue shorts. You can't wear the red on top of the khaki. No, 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 Kevin. Not no blue shorts. You know, a red shirt with a blue shorts? Yeah. Come on, Kevin. That's American. Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, are you really starting to lose it? You lost it already, but you're losing it more. No, Kevin. Not red shirt and blue shorts, Kevin. No. Oh, Don't absolutely. Or black. And the man, black the man shorts had some with flat tennis shoes when he was young. Some flat tennis shoes. Kevin, yes. I think your base is a little bit too thick for some flat, ten- some flat <laughs> tennis shoes. <laughs> are you coming to the party tonight, Rockefeller? I think your base is a little bit too thick and wide to wear some flat tennis shoes. Them things going to be done in two weeks. No, but understand, so, I was skinny know, most of my life. Well, I, didn't, about, I didn't get fat till yeah, I was but an you've been adult. You were fat, so I guess you were fat at ten. So you're ten years old. You can't wear no flat tennis shoes, man. Oh, I had them. Well, no, think about that. Look, I had them. I don't know what they were called, but I had them. Nice little, nice little style or whatever. But man, talk about some stuff that ruined your feet, and that was too flat, man. You, if anybody had a wide butt. 
and, and you're kind of heavy, don't put that on. And don't no. do it today because your feet going to be all crooked. I don't crooked know what they were called. But they were... You don't want to wear that, Kevin. No, I agree. They were very thin. There was no support yeah, for your foot. That. And it was rubber on the bottom. Like we say, they make you run fast, fast. Even though I never really yeah, ran fast, fast because I never had so. any athletic ability. It was all men. so. Your feet will be all peeled up and everything. <laughs> don't do that. No, Kevin. Don't do that. Stick to Nikes or whatever you wear or sketches, whatever you're doing right now. But don't go to Chuck Taylor's, Kevin. Your base is too wide for that. But talk to y'all later. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone's losing their minds. Hey, I mean, more power to you, but... <laughs> That's funny. Is the picture I sent you is that closer with the uh, I think, but I, I think that's still a little too big. I, I, um, that, that's not exactly what I was thinking of. No, they were black and white. And then well, when you, I was ten, you, you can search in the I'm searching the bicentennial shoes that came out. Oh no, no, th- those were not the ones I'm talking about. If that's what you, no, no, that, oh. that's not them. If you do know. They Send they them. they kind of had rubber on the bottom. There was like no support to them. There there wasn't like, I mean, there's no way anybody would wear that today because the shoe companies wouldn't make it. They it, probably wouldn't. Like I think the lowest they'll go is what Converse are, which is very they're still thin, but but these were not Chuck Taylors, different than Chuck Taylor. Are they Kid Flyers? Kids Flyers. Again, you, you probably could say the right thing, and I wouldn't know because I really have no idea what, what, what the name of the shoe was. I just know in my mind what they look like. It was like thick rubber kind of on the bottom, and it was they were very thin, and they had no support for your foot. If you do know and you were coming tonight, or if you just know and want to tell yeah. us, send it to us on Twitter or call us let's know and if you and if you're a, a per, and if you're a pack rack and you have a a, a a a pair of them from your childhood up in your up in your attic somewhere bring it that'll be that'll be funny oh yeah that'd be hilarious no that's that. chuck taylor's they're not that's not what they look like people are <laughs> sending me stuff <laughs> and, and that's not them those look more like the pf flyers but no they're not that that that's not what they were this the, this PFR looks more like a Chuck Taylor. It's not what it was. I don't know how to explain what this was. I mean, you're, you're trying really hard. Yes. Coming out? No, not exactly. He said you bought. I got someone texting me. Said there was no brand name. You, you, there were uh, shoes that you bought at like Kmart. Hmm. They're just plain old. They're like the. They didn't even come in a box. He said. <laughs> you they bought, only came on a that, hanger. That's like, probably true. They probably didn't even come in a box. You just bought them off the... We probably bought them at Woolco. That's way before your time, Woolco. Oh, yeah. Never had it before in my life. Oh, yeah. Or the heard of the, of the K&B is because I like the 12 yachts at Christmas because my stepdad's work business is the Woolco was on Johnson Street. Are you old enough to remember when they had the big Gaddies thing there? Uh-uh. No. I moved here to... There's nothing there right school. now. It's it's in the in the shopping center. Was that the Bon Marche with with the uh, with the um, the corner of Camellia and Johnson where they have the um, the car wash? Yeah, it was on the other side of that parking lot. That was Woolco, and then and then the, where the Adrians is now used to be a K and B. There was like a K and B and an A. No, that was like a maybe a wine gardens and a K and B, and then that was Woolco right there. So that's probably where I got them at the Woolco. Because the street before that, before you did that light to turn on to Camellia. Rena. 
Yeah, Raina Drive. That's where um, Kenneth works. That's where his business is. Oh, okay. So, yeah. His antique shop and stuff. It was a Western Sizzling right there when I was growing up. And that, that little, that, at that corner of Rena, and that was when the, where the Western Sizzling was. Oh. I'll oh, yeah. about all of this. Yeah. I love doing that stuff. That's one thing Russ and I, when we drove down the street, he would, Russ would say, Dad, what was that when you were a kid? We do, I do that all the way down. My girls roll their eyes and my wife, and they're sick of hearing it, but Russ likes it. I, I can do know. that a lot. I, I, I have fun doing that. What used to be there. All right. We'll take a time out. When we come back, we had fun in that segment. But we didn't get to some of the suggestions that I've been given for our footnote summer project. <laughs> but we'll do that. It's okay. It's our 10th birthday party. We're allowed to have fun, aren't we? We don't have to be really, really, really serious here. We'll uh, try to do both when we come back after this time out on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. I don't know how much progress we're making, but we're having lots of fun. And I think, I don't know, I'm not 100% sure if this is the shoe I was talking about, but it's absolutely the shoe Hannah has located the shoe, the look that I'm talking, it's what they look like for sure. And I, I would need to see the bottom to make sure exactly it's what it was. But but in my mind, what these t- tennis shoes look like when I was 8, 9, and 10 years old, she she found what they look like. So let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I, I couldn't sleep last night. Why is that? At 6.30 last night, I go pick up my little boy in Cecilia at football practice. So I, I was kind of hanging around, walking around on the phone. So I saw the baseball coach, Jamie Colley. So, uh, you know, he was talking to a guy. I couldn't see the guy he was talking to. He was in his office. I go, and Troy Thibodeau is in his office with some Cecilia gear, and he be, officially became a Cecilia Bulldog I, last night. I heard that rumor. Now, I, I heard that rumor no, that it was no, possible. No, it, it's done. It's done. For all the people in Brobridge that's listening, Troy Thibodeau is now a Cecilia Bulldog. God. You know, that's one thing that some of us never thought would happen, ever. I, all I know is I didn't sleep last night, and I know that's one man that's turning in his grave right now, Big Dave Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. He would never believe it. Big Dave would never believe he it. He would never. Never, never in this lifetime. The man now the man has him some uh green and gold underoos now. That's right. That's right. He, and he go and and what's so good, he can look out his backyard and see Cecilia football team. And, and you know what? He he moved and you know you know what? He has a big picture of Johnny Devilliers in his living room now. That's right. That's right. He has a big old picture of Johnny DeVillier in his living room. 
and he tore the picture up that he had a coach Mike Mowat. Oh yeah. Oh no, that one got broke. It's broke. Oh, I know, I know. So that's what I was calling you about. <laughs> so let let everybody know he's official. So see your bulldog. <laughs> The man, right, the man said Dominique Davis was a donkey, and, and Jamaican Dartez is the best running back ever. He's the best running back That's ever. That's what he That's said, right. yeah. That's right. All right, all right. <laughs> oh, man, the things you never thought would happen. All right, they're asking me now, can you, can you text me that f- photo so I can text it to him? This is like Deep Shaw's investigation. <laughs> Yeah, I heard that rumor that the man, the man is full fledged Cecilia now, Brobridge for life. The man got thrown out of a Brobridge volleyball game one time. He was so Brobridge, and now he's Cecilia. Unbelievable! The things you never thought would happen in life. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Floyd. I forgot to mention something. I didn't want to call back, but uh, uh, I heard Rockefeller say, "Hey." If 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 you want to get you some Chuck Taylors or some like uh, a lot of the uh, people wear these days, they call Vans. Get yeah. you some, man. I'd be on fleek, like like the kids say. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd be on fleek if I did that. Oh, you'd be on fleek. You jump higher than the moon, man. You jump higher than anybody, man. man. Or get you a pair of pumps. You remember the pair of pumps they used to have back back in I think the nineties? You'd pump the tongue and you're supposed to jump like uh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I got uh, me some of those. I, I I jumped, but I fell right on my face. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna get you to start thinking in a different mindset, man. Okay, when 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 Paul or somebody calls in and say the Astros cheated, because you know I let Yankees fans all they want to say the Astros. You tell him this. You say, look, we cheated, but we won the World Series because you're probably familiar. Back in twenty six, I think it was the twenty sixteen twenty seventeen um, season, the Yankees. Uh, were cheating using the bullpen phone to relay signals back to the catcher. But, of course, the league ain't, you know, there's oh, no, nothing to see here, you know. But they cheated, and they still couldn't win the World Series. <laughs> so anytime they bring that up, you tell Paul, you say, look, man, we cheated, but we still got the job done. Y'all cheating, y'all, y'all still can't win the World Series. Uh, absolutely. But, yeah, man, I, I believe every believe everything you said yesterday you got to pay the pot that's why i'm saying they, they, the yankees ain't winning the world series this year i mean they got to worry about beating the Rays. couldn't do that last night or the devil Rays, like paul would say they'll worry about that and 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 uh i'll see you tonight but get you some uh vans or some uh or some or some uh chuck taylor's man i got a few pair in my closet all right take care oh no i i, I don't i don't i'm not i'm not fashionable at all like at all so Whatever's popular, I promise you, I probably won't. How did we get down this road? I don't know how. I don't know how we did. Oh, we talking about turning ten? Things that was going on when I was, you know, when I was ten years old. The Saints drafted um, Chuck Muncie and Tony Galbraith. Tony Galbraith's my favorite all-time Saint. Tony Galbraith, and they drafted him in the first and second round in '76. So that was a big. That was a big year for me. Big year. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Yes, Kevin, sir. You know, I, you know how long I've been working for this company. I've been working for them over thirty years. Uh-huh. As long 
You know, I've never got in an accident, but I just heard some on the radio not that long ago, and I, I just went straight into this. My first accident. So <laughs> You're telling me the king of Roe Bridge is now the, the, a servant of Cecilia? Absolutely. Again, like I say, he I think he recently moved homes and 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 he took down his picture of Mike Mowat. He's got a big picture of Johnny DeVille in his living room right now. Oh, man, he must have another one of TV, too. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm blown away, Kevin. I mean, look, they, they, they can't leave me to my next thing. Kevin, about, about two weeks ago, I don't know, the Astros were playing, uh, they were playing, I think Miami, yeah, Miami. And Miami had this picture that this is called, uh, this cat was throwing the fastest changeup ever recorded in a major league. Did you see that picture? That Cabrera? Uh, no, that, that's when I was, that's when I was in Alaska. I missed all that. Serious. You know how fast this changeup is? Not at four miles an hour. Wow. That used to be a, that used to be a fastball for a pretty hard thrower. Not at four miles an hour. What the, what, what the hell the world would come up? It's unbelievable. I guess that I it, 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 it coincides with what the other stuff I just heard. Really, Kevin, I really don't believe that. I think he's fooling y'all because at the end of the day, you can't, you, you, if your color's run maroon or that ugly maroon, they stay the same, buddy. I don't think you can become confident in this turn. All right. Take care. By the way, for those of you who aren't in on the joke, Troy is a big Brobridge, lifelong Brobridge guy. Johnny DeVille was the old football coach in this, in uh, what, late 70s, early 80s, and into the 80s of, um, of uh, from Cecilia, so you know maybe he has a, a Johnny DeVille picture in his living room, and then a Coach Wag photo in his kitchen. In his new kitchen. Well, this is funny. This is really funny. All right. Um, just to get some business done here, I one some of the suggestions that I've gotten is obviously from Braves fans and. The, the, the World Series that really sticks in the craw of Brace fans still, and I'm sure our our friend Raymond is is you know would echo these sentiments, is both Game Six and Seven of the 1991 World Series against the Minnesota Twins. Um, it was kind of the beginning of the Braves' little dynasty um, in the National League, and in Game Six. Uh, Charlie Lee Brandt, people don't like. Kirby Puckett, Lonnie Smith, um, some things going on there. And then in game seven, there was the famous or infamous one to nothing loss. Incredible pitching duel between Jack Morris and, um, and, and Smoltz. And the, you lose Game Seven of the World Series one nothing. That's about as heartbreaking as it gets. That is heartbreaking when you haven't won, and you know, for the Braves, what going back to since the late fifties, and you lose Game Seven one to nothing. And so, that is definitely on the heartbreaking list. I um, I think once we get to Friday. That will be a um, one of the one of the major ones. I think that's going to be a big one for Friday. Um, 
very good chance for being a, 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 a top tenner. That one to nothing loss in game uh, in ten innings um, in Game Seven of the World Series against the Twins. You know, I, I didn't I didn't dislike those twin teams, but in '87 and in '91 they were they were it was, it was such a home field advantage team. Like I want to say in '87 they won like 85 games. That's they weren't even that good. They were good, but they weren't really good. And yet they they couldn't be beat at home for whatever reason. And um, and they just won the World Series because it just so happened that year it was the American League's year to have home field advantage, even though they only won 85 games. I want to say the Cardinals won like 101 that year or something like that. And they only won 85 games, but back then they alternated who had home field advantage. And it was the American League's year, so they won it. Now, see, that's why this whole best and who's the best and all, all that stuff is silliness. It's just about who wins the trophy. Because there's no way the Twins were the best team in 87. And you could argue they weren't even the best team in 91. It just worked out their way. All right. We'll take a timeout. Come back. Two hours might not be enough for all the fun we're having today's show. We'll be back on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home of the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Sign up right now for the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com so you can score tickets, gift certificates, and more. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you, if you have not gone to the website at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com and joined the clubhouse, you need to do so today. It's free, it's simple, and you would put yourself in position to win Prizes such as a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse, $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House, or $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou. So sign up today by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. All right, the game hotline is 706-0111-706-0111. We've been talking about shoes from the 70s and that came up because I when I think about being 10 years old when I we're we're turning 10 as a station and having our party today at Buffalo Wild Wings from 4 to 9 hope that you can join us um but you know 1976 uh you know the Saints were not very good the Astros were not very good uh, and, you know, Rocky came out. The music was way better then than it is today, not even close. Um, and, you know, I used to wear those little silly tennis shoes. I don't know what they were called, but we've been trying to search for them today. I don't know that we have a name for it, but we had a lot of fun trying to search for them anyway. We're just calling them the foots. 
foot shoes. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a name. It doesn't even say a name at all either. It just says shoes. I'm just <laughs> telling shoes you. Shoes retro. <laughs> in 74, 75, I had black and white ones. But in 76, I had to rock the, the bicentennial red, white, and blue version. <laughs> had to do it. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Lord and foot, how's it going? <laughs> oh, man. We're having fun today. I don't know what we're doing or where we're going. We're kind of spinning in circles, but we're having fun doing it. I agree, and I noticed, like I was te- telling Hannah, delusion is not a problem. It's it, it, it's an addiction. From <laughs> all what I'm hearing today. Now, for one, foot, I got to start. Okay, Troy. Did Troy lose a bit? I don't know, Troy. I, I, I've heard that there's evidence that he was in Jamie Colley, who's the baseball coach at Cecilia's office, officially signing. You know, it's kind of like Robert E. Lee at the Civil War at Appomattox. You know, this cat signing over from. You know, we call they call that football game the Civil War when Cecilia plays yeah. Brobridge, and supposedly he's now got green and yellow uh, uh, underoos. Oh my God! Yeah. I can't believe this. Yes, it's unbelievable. He, I, I can't believe this. I hope he be there tonight because you know what? I have something for him too. You know, <laughs> you know, but that gives me hope. That gives me a lot of hope for saying this man can become a Yankee fan. <laughs> <laughs> There's hope after all, foot. There's hope. I told you. I told you, foot. If that man could go from bro bridge to that, there's hope after all. <laughs> now, foot. Now, yes. I, I, I'm listening to Ryan. And, you know what I mean? You got to excuse Rockefeller. He ain't been good since Coach K situation losing to them Tar Heels. It's been rough. The Lakers, it's been rough for that man. Yeah. You know, for the last few years, especially the last, this year, last year. Now, you know, foot, I know, I bet you can agree to this. You know, one of the worstest thing can be if you are a cowgirl fan and an ugly Sox fan. That's that's the worstest fan to be. That, that's 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 life's got to be. That's when you hit rock bottom <laughs> in life. That's what that means. That's a, that's the worstest type of fan to be. You have two bad teams before, but. Oh, Lord, how that happens to a person? Now, Martin seems but. like a nice person. Why are you bashing the man? Uh, what I got to go through with that Yankee hater that you have no idea. You have no idea, but you have no idea. I, I think he, I think he got Stevie PB. Oh, I, I think some of is. us, I think some of us have an idea. Yes. Foot, foot. Now, now listening to this young guy, look, yeah, the devil raised God, but I mean, didn't we sweep him a few weeks ago? Yeah, they, they're right. a beat up team right now. We'll see what happens when y'all play in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, this is how I look at it foot. Right now, you're just setting the stage. Just win as many games as you can. The games that really matter are down the road. You just got to win as many games as you can to put yourself in position. But that man is worse than Rockefeller right now. The man is a Red Sox and Cowgirl fan. <laughs> the man, let me tell you something. Foot, the man wanted. See, I told him to call because he want. He didn't tell you the truth. See, he wanted to sit up there and talk about how the Saints cheated and the bounty. No, 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 no. I said you need to tell Foot. I want to hear what Foot said. He he didn't go through detail. You know what I mean? So, so I put it this way. You think about it. Like I told him, when it comes to baseball and you try to compare the cowgirls, they're the same. They're not the same. Look, it's been over since 1995. That's like about 22 years since they ever won a championship. Yankees last time won in 09. Big difference. Now, when you look at his ugly socks and his teams, when you combine it together, they lose us when it comes to championships. They're losers. They've won a, they've won a lot. Seven. They've won quite a few times in this century. They, the, the Red Sox have won, what, three titles? 
Wow. And how many we want in this new century? Okay, and then you combine 27. See, I got some for him, too, for tomorrow. I mean, today. I got some for him, too. I can't wait. He better show up. I'm going to leave that as right right there. Okay. But you have a good one. Lord, I All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. By the way, uh, speaking of this century and the Yankees, one of the, one of the I think, top ten heartbreaks could be 0-1. You know, obviously – a lot was going on in the country in 01. That was 9-11. And um, the Yankees got beat by the Diamondbacks. And the cool thing about that for, for us Astro fans, it was an ex-Astro, an Astro homegrown player, Luis Gonzalez, uh, number 26, hit a the single, the game-winning single to win that game with the Diamondbacks who had Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson, also both ex-Astros, not for long, but they were ex-Astros. Um, wasn't, was Steve Finley on that team too? Anyway, but um, was um, – so that, that was kind of heartbreaking. Now, there were a lot of sentimental reasons, non-baseball reasons for that because of the, the whole 9-11 thing, but – but yeah, that 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 is a possibility for a top ten heartbreaking losses when when the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees in Game Seven of the O one World Series. You know, another one that for kind of a different reason that uh, I ran across since we started that this week was nineteen eighty five, and you know, nineteen eighty five is. It's one of those World Series where we talk about cheating and we throw that word around pretty – I throw it around pretty loosely and some people take it a little too literally. Let, 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 let's be honest, okay? And look, I grew up for a lot of my life pulling for the – hoping the Cowboys would win unless they played against the Saints. Like when the Cowboys played against the Redskins in the 70s, I always pulled for the Cowboys. I pulled for them against the Steelers and all the Super Bowls. I certainly pulled for them against the Cheaters and all their games, uh, like the throwaway and those games in, in the um, in the 80s. But the, the, they, they, they cheated so bad for the Cowboys and the Steelers. The halves in the NFL, especially in that 70s, 80s era, they cheated so bad. Like, you know, like the – and I've talked about the irony of this now. Like the Patriots, longtime real Patriot fans. Like I said, I don't know if I've ever met them. I don't know if I know any Patriot fans. But longtime Patriot fans, guys that go back to to Grogan and, and and you know even further back than that, real longtime lifelong Patriot fans know that they used to think the Dolphins cheated forever in the seventies. Like you know they they used to people used to hate the Dolphins, because Shula was on the rules committee and and he was like, you know, this highly respected coach and and they cheated for the Dolphins. That was their perception. And so now it's so ironic that the that the Patriots, you know, and when they had their dynasty of this century, you know, they did the cheating. And so the Dolphin fans were, were long, the lifelong Dolphin fans were on the other side of that deal. But in 85, they really did like the, they, you know, the play was made. He was out. The the World Series would have been over, and and the Cardinals would have lost. 
I mean, the Cardinals would have won the World Series. They 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 had it won, and 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 Deckinger blew the call. The umpire just blew the call. Everybody knew blew the call. It wasn't even close. It was one of those instant replays that it would. It only takes one look of the replay, and you know that the call was wrong. And yet there was no instant replay in 1985. So that his call lost the World Series. Does that? Is that like the most – does that make it easier to over to get past as a fan or maybe more difficult because you really won the World Series? Everybody who watched the game or the replay knows you won the World Series. It's kind of like when Galarraga uh, – what's his name? That, threw that perfect game and, and Jim Joyce blew the call. Everybody knows he really threw the perfect game, but he didn't get credit for it technically because of the blown call. That everybody knows was a blown call. It wasn't even close. And it was kind of similar. It was a play at first base um, as the Deckinger call in 85. And so, I don't know. I, I We might have to rank that number one, depending on how you look at that. Because, you know, the Cardinals really, everybody knows they really won the World Series that year. But they don't get credit for it. They didn't get to hold a parade because of the blown call. Man, that's tough. That is tough. That is brutal. So that's certainly one to um, to discuss the, the the game six of eighty five World Series between the Cardinals and uh, and the Royals. All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back, finish out today's. I tell you what, we're doing some celebrating today. We're having fun, fast and loose, like Coach Deggs would say. We'll take a timeout. Be back, finish out today's show on our tenth birthday party day. On the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Welcome back. We might have to have a, like, kind of like a um, like a uh, question for for everyone at the party tonight. Did you ever go to Woolco? <laughs> have you ever been? Where, did you ever step foot in Woolco and buy those black and white shoes that I'm talking about? We were talking about. <laughs> there has to be somebody at the party tonight that bought those shoes at Woolco or Howard Brothers, maybe Howard Brothers. I saw, um, what was that, the 1978 Liberty Bowl, was it? Tulane was in it, at, at the, in the Howard Brothers. I'm just, my mom would take me shopping, and you know how the old men today sit on the bench while the wife goes shops. I would go find a TV and watch the game. I saw, I saw the LSU and the Tangerine Bowl in 79, the first year to Katie Mall at the Sears. I was watching the LSU and the Tangerine Bowl against, what was that, Missouri maybe? Who'd they play in the Tangerine Bowl the first year at Katie Adam Mall? The Tangerine Bowl? Yeah. LSU, I, I saw the Tangerine Bowl, and I saw I saw Tulane in the, in the Liberty Bowl at the Howard Brothers on Johnson Street. 1979, <laughs> LSU versus the Wake Forest Demon Dinkins. Oh, Wake Deacons. Forest. Okay, the Demon Dinkins. Yep, <laughs> in the Tangerine Bowl. I'm telling you. 
I doubt I had those black and white shoes on. But for for the for the one in the Howard brothers, I might have still been young enough to have those black and white shoes. So that might be the question. I how many of us had those those old black and white thin tennis shoes that we that we talked about today and bought it at the Woolco, or have ever even been in the Woolco? I've never been. Never know who it was. I bet you Gerald Broussard, when we talk to him tomorrow, will will have been. I bet you he spent many hours in Woolco. Maybe. Used, I think he used to live like right across the street from <laughs> Gerald. We'll ask him that tomorrow when we have him on. Maybe. <laughs> All right. We had lots of fun today. Hope, seriously, hope to see y'all today at Buffalo Wild Wings from 4 to 9 for our 10th birthday party. I mean, you got to have fun on, a bir- on your birthday. Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah, have loads yeah. of fun. My face is probably going to be tired from smiling from pictures, probably, because yep. everyone's going to want to take a picture, picture of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So excited. <laughs> cool. Yeah. The Wilco was by the Plaza Theater. I saw my first ever rated R movie at the Plaza Theater, movie theater house, right by Wilco, The Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. You got to tell me how to spell this, Wilco, and we, I'll look it up and see if I've ever W-O-O-L-C-O, seen it. W-O-O-L-C-O, Wilco. Got it. I'll look it up. Oh, yeah. It was in, this, it was in the same... Shopping center as oh yeah not uh, the even plaza the, not even and, the actual and the K and B not even the name looks like the the logo looks I think they used to, to be me. I think that was a wine gardens too there was a grocery store it might have been wine gardens all right that'll do it for today's show we'll kind of extend it tonight <laughs> at Buffalo Wild Wings hope to see y'all there have a nice day.